name's Sarah McCormack. My name is Brian Fury. My name is Nicola Duncan. My name is Zach Hanna. My name is Mark Ryan. I'm a mountain runner. 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 Hi, my name is Harriet and I'm a mountain runner. You're listening to Trail Running Ireland. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. For our feature interview this week, I'm really excited about heading down south to Kerry, which is a real hotspot of trail running with, as we'll hear, it has a great calendar of races, a really strong, vibrant trail running community, and of course is home to the mountain running world champion, John Lenehan, who we had on the show a few months back. And it's also the home of two lads called Joe O'Leary and Kevin Leahy, who have just completed the Ivora Challenge. Fresh from one of the greatest challenges of their lives, Kevin and Joe, you're very welcome to the Trail Running Ireland podcast. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Owen. Pleasure to be here. No, great to have you guys. And um, at least the two of you are still talking to each other after spending 22 hours in each other's company over what looks like one of the toughest routes in Ireland. Yeah, this we're still talking. Should we hardly talk spoke at all during the damn thing itself? Because, uh, you know, you would just look at the... The scenery and stuff and trying to figure out where you're where to go and i suppose guys maybe the first question is like the fact that the two years ran together did you just think about that beforehand was there ever any thoughts of either yourself joe or kevin running it on your own did you feel it might be safer to run in a group of two because this was the first time that this traverse was being done uh, I was originally going to run it on my own a couple of years ago when I heard about it first, but uh, oh God, I did a I did a recce of it and I said, Jesus, it, it was it looked horrendous. I mean, it took me eight hours to do. I think it was twenty two k of it or something, and I that put me off a bit then, you know. But uh, as soon as Kevin asked about it, I said, Yeah, this could be a good idea to hook up with someone. It's a good excuse, like uh, pull each other along. And say in the future, guys, would you recommend people doing it in a team of two or more? Or do you think it can be done on your own? But I suspect you would need some support crew and you need your safety team around you as well. But is it something that could be done in the future, maybe on on your own? Yeah, certainly, I would say. Yeah, 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 you could. Yeah, it's probably it depends on the person who's doing it like, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You'd want to be pretty well matched. Uh, otherwise, the, you could get aggro or something. Me and myself yes. and Kevin are very well matched. So, um, you know, I, yeah. I'm not trying to figure out now how I'll ditch him in a race. You had me in the last 15% of this one, Joe. You'll, <laughs> that, well, that'll be the comfort of the I was more like 25, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> And guys, tell us a little bit about your own background in trail and mountain running, running as a whole. Kevin, I saw you had a, um, maybe I was going to say a very famous win, but maybe people that don't actually realize that you were the winner of the Montana Yukon Arctic Ultra in Canada. And as I read just on your, your website there, where you're promoting the, the documentary that you're, that you're making, that they didn't know who you were when you went over. But they certainly know who you are now after that incredible win. T- tell us about that win, maybe to start off. That sounds sensational, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, that was good when I did that one. Um, so what the story goes with that one, I, I was backpacking in Canada by myself three years ago, and I kind of 
kind of had heard about this race, but it almost accidentally stumbled upon it when it was uh, in in the town of Starts in uh, in Whitehorse, and um, just saw a couple of guys running and prepared for it, and thought like I, I always heard about these races and thought like oh, you'd need to be super fit and super extreme and super well prepared and all the equipment and everything thought it'd be like a couple of leagues above me, but. I saw a couple of the guys and said, like, I, I could have a crack at that. So I ended up going for a couple of runs in the minus 25, minus 30 degree nights uh, without being well prepared. And I said, I, I'm, I'm OK at this kind of thing. So I asked, actually asked, could I do the marathon that year? But uh, he, he, I wasn't I wasn't left, which was fair enough. It was a bit late. It was a bit late to be kind of getting the entry into it. So I came back the following year and uh, did the 100 miler. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of how, how I how I stumbled upon it and stuff. Uh, and that was the one that you won, Kevin. Was it the hundred miler? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was my first time racing in the in the extreme cold kind of thing. Uh, the hundred miler, the you know the, the the temperatures could over there can get as low as minus fifty degrees. I think when when I was doing my particular run, minus thirty, minus thirty five, it got to on some of the some of the locations at night. Um, Took me so the hundred miler took I, I finished in thirty one hours. I was the first foot uh, r- runner across the line. It was a, a bike passed me out with about twenty kilometers to go. So that with that particular thing, you can cross country ski it, fat bike it, or run it. Um, so I was the first runner across the line. Uh, okay. it was an epic, epic race, really well, well run race as well. So and I, to win a race like that, Joe, you don't just rock up on the day and produce a result like that so have you actually been training for extreme races for a while and um, is it a passion of yours is it a hobby of yours um yeah 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 i suppose i suppose i kind of nearly about, about five years now since i did my uh got back i've been traveling and stuff like that and, um got back to ireland and kind of set my sights on the Kerry way and uh, just built up to the Kerry Way, and since then, yeah, I did the Kerry Way a couple of years, and then kind of got more into the adventure racing side of things, doing a couple of multi-day adventure races. And uh, last year and this year, it's been back with more of a focus on the ultras again. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love them. It's kind of just a big way of it's a way of life for me now, kind of thing. Um, big big part of my life, I suppose, for a long time. My holidays were kind of traveling within countries and seeing new places and stuff like that. No, my holidays are are going to be are, are going to these races and these beautiful extreme places and um yeah doing <laughs> getting out there and having a good time in the and the adventure kind of thing. Yeah, and for anybody who's interested, Kevin, I think you have a website as well where you have some videos and you're documenting some of the races that you're doing with the hope of actually making a film out of it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the website is a thousand kilometers of chaos. So it is. Uh, so it was just a kind of a funny turn of events through through COVID last year. Uh, it was my plan to do a thousand kilometers last year, um, to do like a hundred kilometer race, which happened, which was the ancient. Well, initially it was the Wicklow Way, but that was cancelled due to COVID, uh, which was a hundred k, and then it was the Kerry Way, two hundred k, and then I, my plan was to go to um, back to Canada to do a four hundred and thirty mile race up in the Yukon, um, but that didn't end up going ahead so that was kind of the first thousand kilometers of chaos which uh, unfortunately didn't go ahead uh, but through, through all that so I planned that was an adventure I planned and then I was just having a coffee and uh, Adrian was who's a local filmmaker was just talking about it and 
he kind of he got he got interested in it and uh, he asked me a question like was it exceptional I said I suppose I suppose the one in the Yukon is an exceptional thing that's something people most even ultra runners don't uh, don't do the cold races so yeah we talked a bit more and we started doing some stuff and uh, yeah it's turned out it's turning out to be a good bit of fun kind of thing um, and it's turning out to be a very good product so I'm, I'm enjoying it it's in, it's good to see putting Kerry on display and kind of I suppose helping people to understand what goes into the races dur- during the race and before the race and after the race kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, no. And what was the prize, Kevin, for winning that big hundred miler in Yukon in Canada? Was it something that you have to bring home in the suitcase? No. Um, or did you have to leave the prize there? <laughs> no, there was absolutely no prize. It's just you just finished the race and that's glory. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine too. That's kind of ultra running, isn't it? You know, I got yeah. to the finish line. There was like one person, two people there at the finish line. Uh, that's kind of ultra running. It's a lon- it can be a lonely old sport. Uh, and if you're doing it for the company, then you're uh, then you, you should change sports, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, no, no prize. Um, just I suppose just good, just the good memories and the satisfaction of having 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 completed it. You know, I didn't, I hadn't, I kind of went there to survive and and ch- check how how I would go and and to win it was 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 amazing. You know. One of the yeah, one of the best moments was was probably I don't know fifty miles in halfway through the race and I was cruising along pulling the sled and you're just kind of crossing crossing a, a lake and it's frozen and there's like snow snow trees mountains and then bang the, the northern lights came out just like the whole sky was in green lasers it was just a, the, the, a really amazing moment from the race you know it's like that's why I do it these moments are why why I, I love it so much. Brilliant. And Joe, yourself, are you a Kerry man, Joe, as well? Um, is that your local training ground, the Ivera Traverse? Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, I'm, uh, I live at the end of it, which is Killarney. So uh, born and raised in Killarney. I'm looking out at Mangerton Mountain at the moment, or what I can see of it. So basically, I'm at the bottom of Mangerton Mountain and Tark Mountain. So I do most of my training in uh, the Reeks and Tark and uh, around the National Park in Killarney. Okay, brilliant. And guys, isn't there such a brilliant growing trail running community in Kerry at the moment? And I just saw on social media there during the week about the new Grand Slam of trail running races that are down in Kerry. And what an exceptional, exceptional list of races that are there. We've got the new Ivera Traverse that we'll talk about now shortly, the Kerry Way Ultra, the Ancient Warriors Trail, 100 kilometers to the Ben Kerrens and over the Reeks, the Waterfall Trail Running Festival from our friend Simon, the Immer Reeks Skyline, and then the Glenna Ginty Trail Races as well. Um, an incredible selection of races. Yeah, fantastic amount of races. Uh, every one of them is well worth doing. They're, I've done... I think I've done most of them. I haven't done the uh, Reek Skyline yet. I've marshaled for it and stuff. I've done the route, obviously, but I haven't raced it. Uh, I've done the Classic All Right and the Glenaginty ones. They're stunning. All of them are great races. It's fabulous to have that down here in our doorstep. And in terms of numbers, guys, that are out running, I mean, how many people, say, are out on the trails at the moment that are participating in these races? It's a growing um, community that you have. Definitely. Uh, uh, Imra have been fantastic, really, and uh, especially the Munster branch with Robbie Williams and the gang there. And uh, our own Connor Murphy, who's a local guy here from Kinmare, he's a he's 
fantastic in getting people out. He's really supportive of uh, newcomers and everything. So it's growing. It, it's constantly growing. Uh, the Cork and Kerry Trail Runners um, Facebook page has always, I don't know, it's over a thousand now. So it's a fantastic, great amount of people. Yeah. And I know like over the last year, a lot of us have been frustrated with with COVID and the lack of races and so on. But in one way, I wonder, guys, if, if things had been as normal, would people have been doing the likes of these challenges as much and thinking outside the box and because there's no races on? And where did the seed from the Ivera Traverse come from, guys? When was it first mentioned? Ooh, I think it was 2018. If I'm if I'm correct, I think uh, Peter Walker came up with it first. Uh, basically, this guy called Paddy Dillon, he's all to blame. Uh, hmm. In to, in 1992, he hitchhiked around Ireland um, and buses and hitchhiking and all that, and he visited 212 mountains that were over two feet. And basically, he wrote a book about it, uh, the mountains of Ireland or something like that. So he, at the end of it, some part of it, he proposed, oh, wouldn't it be great to join all these walks together on the Ivra Peninsula? And uh, it should be great crack altogether. And uh, it's going to be the highest, hardest route in all of Ireland. And uh, sure, Peter picked up on it then and told Connor Murphy. And they published it on both on Facebook and Outsider magazine, as far as I know. And uh, a certain stupid Joe, anyway, I was looking at, it, at that one day on a post on Facebook, said, oh, that sounds interesting. So, yeah, it kind of came from there then. So I went doing, uh, bought a few maps and uh, basically mapped the course and... Mm. Uh, showed Connor and Peter and that was it correct and uh, did some reckeys and said yeah might have bitten off a bit more than I could chew here but mm-hmm. uh, yeah definitely so while that's, how, that's, while how, that's how it all happened really while, just went while all there. this was going on sorry to put in while all this was on I was totally oblivious to anything called <laughs> Paddy <laughs> Dillon he's actually I, written some books on the uh, runs where you are there and the canaries and that as well Okay, yeah. And guys, Hodges actually ran every section of the course at one point beforehand, before you'd done the full 85 kilometers together. Had every step been covered? Or was one of us had covered every step, yeah. Yeah, one of us had, yeah. I I had most of it done except uh, that bit there after, what's it called? Oh, God, Nocknell and whatever it is. Yeah. Mullagatan. After that, to uh, the for the the second road crossing, I hadn't done that, but uh, Kevin had it done, so that was okay. Okay, and guys, again, just to emphasise to the listeners, what is ran and what is achieved. I mean, the the height of Everest, I think, is what eight thousand five hundred meters in total, and you guys ran was it just over seven thousand five hundred? Seven thousand five hundred, so- yeah. Yeah, so just short of Everest, true Kerry, um, in less than 24 hours. And I was watching some of the videos, guys, earlier, and I'd encourage anybody to, to just Google search it. We'll put up a couple of links as well in the show notes. 
to see the terrain that just ran on. And I mean, this isn't like a nicely laid out trail race or trail event where there's trails and paths to follow. Mm. You were literally walking and running and trekking over open, barren, barren mountains. Yeah. Very, very tough going. I saw no header up in uh, Everest when Killian Journey was doing it. No <laughs> bog holes either. So yeah. I'd like to see him try it. What was the toughest part of it, guys, for you? Was it, was it the elevation gain? Was it the terrain? Was it the distance? Was it nutrition? Um, maybe I might ask his boat individually what his found was the hardest point for you. Kevin, I'll throw it out to you first. Yeah. The hardest point for you? Um, I think probably Joe may, Joe may say the same. We probably, we just... And we had we had a stop at Miles Gap, and after that, then uh, obviously we were navigating, night navigating stuff like that. Bit of bit of kind of combination of compass and compass and compass and uh, GPS. Uh, we did a picked off a couple of mountains, pretty good, and then we crossed that the windy gap, like that's on the the old Kimmy Road, and then we did the next mountain, and then from there to Mangerton, it was like from two a.m. to five a.m. And I suppose that was one we both done but i don't think we respected it enough or appreciated that it was we i'd done it in clouds one day by myself and kind of managed to navigate okay but it felt particularly long anyway and flat and we were we were kind of going as the crow flies whereas if we'd if we'd done it by day we'd have been kind of me we'd have been avoiding a lot of the obstacles we ended up kind of having to go straight over because whilst we were both competent navigators we're not very we're not excellent navigators so we were just kind of a to b is the quickest route kind of thing or the, just the crow flies so i think we found that a bit of a drag kind of thing but uh do you know in the end i suppose it was we we got to us we got to mangerton before 5 a.m so it wasn't actually too bad uh, and then from mangerton we got right cold so i think with the wind chill it was minus three minus four on mangerton so we stopped there for a quick uh quick five minutes just to restock our bags and stuff like that it got bitter cold so we took off again as fast as we could to uh to manger to north and from there we knew we were we'd made pretty good time and we knew we were um we knew we were going to finish so it was just kind of a bit of a long slog home but you're going to have that um i think my my patellers kind of thing was the thing that caught me a bit towards the end in the last 10 15 percent uh mm-hmm. certainly going downhill i was a bit slower than joe uh that slowed me up so yeah but you know i suppose we were Overall, we were both quite well prepared gear wise and stuff like that. Anytime it got cold, we had a layer to put on. It got colder, we put another layer on. So um, there was no real time I was worried or really like down or negative or anything like that. I think we were both quite strong on the day. Um, and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, did, did it go as well for you, Joe? Or was Kevin just um, flying along? Were you strong yourself? Oh, yeah. But that section he was talking about there is. God loves that was that was horrible. It oh. was just unrelentless and yeah, like you said, if it was daylight, it'd be fine. But uh, it's still horrible. It, it's it's kind of that's well, not featureless. It's just pointless. I'd say it, it's just <laughs> fucking horrible. And, 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 and uh, you, you know, we're probably better off in the dark. Actually, we couldn't see it, but then, oh god, yeah, it was it was it was torture and. It, it didn't seem like we were getting any closer. That was following this patent GPS. And I said, geez, where's the next mountain? Oh, it is only here. Why am I down there? Nah, I had the wrong zoom on it. Like about a kilometer away. I thought it was 200 meters. Yeah, that kind of crap. Yeah, three in the morning. I was getting annoyed with navigating anyway at that stage. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was definitely the worst. And I got bitterly, bitterly cold in uh, on top of uh, Mangleton. We had to stop for a minute. And, but uh, once we got running and then on the north side and the sun came up, geez, it was, it was all worth it really when you saw the, the sunrise. That was cool. So yeah. yeah, that was the worst part of it, definitely. And I'd say, guys, the, the camaraderie and the bond between the two years um, over the 22 hours and um, highs and lows. And I mean, was it a question of just that the two years were so focused on getting through the task that you were concentrating on your maps and your gear or your nutrition? Or did you find that is where, you know, having these uh, deep life conversations and getting to know each other extremely well, talking about life problems, work problems, or, or how? How did that go? How did the two years work together? No, we're actually listening to Simon Mangan talking about uh, deballing his bulls. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he came running with us himself and his brother and uh, Harry Clifton went uh, joined us that night. And uh, so mostly we were chatting with them and telling them that, oh, you should do an ultra carry away. It'd be great. And uh, I think they believed us, actually. So. Uh, that definitely yeah, that kind of kept us going she's not talking to each other all the time but uh yeah. we've raced before like uh, myself and kevin um we did the beast adventure race when was that two years ago yeah uh around now actually in a couple of weeks time and uh, so that was 58 hours on the trot uh looking at each other so i mean if we didn't fall out there we won't fall out anywhere <laughs> And I know, guys, in, in events like this and challenges like this, um, the support crew is always very important for, for numerous reasons, for, you know, clothing, nutrition, safety, of course. Um, who was your support um, crew on the day, guys? And I'm sure you want to give them a shout out. Yeah, Kev? Uh, yeah, uh, we had Massey and uh, Massey Leary, a good friend of ours, Massey Leary and uh, Liam Hickey were the, were the main support crew. Unfortunately, Liam... Um, Liam broke his ankle a couple of days before, but he was uh, he was out there on the crutches. Uh, so the boys did a great job, and uh, it was it wasn't just them. You know, we had Elaine and uh, Elaine Doonan and Ketch came out to see us. Uh, there was a good few people there. There at Miles Gap, they, they, there was there was fifteen twenty people. So it was uh, I think everyone was having a real good time there as well. It was good, I suppose, just as as COVID was is is kind of winding down. People were a bit free freer and. Uh, a lot of people came out to see us. So overall, there was a, a big crew and you had the camera crew, Adrian and the crew were, uh, oh, they always join in the crack as well. So big thanks to everyone. Um, big thanks to everyone who helped us out. Yeah, we had uh, Connor McElroy as well. He gave me a couple of rubs and I kept him away from Kevin in case he wanted a rub. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Jack Murphy went running with us as well. Um, what's his name? Mark Nolan was there with... Um, with Connor Murphy and uh, is that all the ran with us was apart from apart from Stephen and yeah. Simon and uh, Harry yeah I think that's all the ran with us really but yeah. it was great oh it was great to say oh of course Simon came out um, Simon from Waterville Trail oh, yes. Festival Sorry, he Simon. came out cheers we were delighted to see him because it was getting dark there and uh, it was on a that was a pretty dangerous section actually yeah it was good it got cold Jesus yeah. got very cold there uh, it's uh, just coming down onto the Sneem Road got very cold there all, all of a sudden and uh, I hadn't recognized anything because we could actually see where I was going that day because when I did the recce it was horrible you know slanting you know, horizontal rain and everything um, <clears throat> so it was strange to see the place and that uh, Jesus we, we didn't t- feel the time going at all then with Simon chatting about um, all his races and yeah it was pretty good great to see him 
And when you sit, guys, finish it out, the, the 85 kilometers, the 44 peaks in the end, there must have been a great sense of achievement and a great sense of satisfaction when you did get to those final couple of meters. What was that like, guys? And um, Kevin, what was it like for you? Uh, great. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to, uh, it was good to get it done. It was, uh, it was a relief you know, um, that the body held up and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we just kind of chill, chilled out at the finish line, had a beer, had a bit of a laugh about it all. Again, there was some, some stories going out, going around. I think my my tracker, my the support crew had my tracker at one stage and they ran off down the mountain with that. So at 5 a.m. there was a lot of people waking up thinking that I was um that I was after going home to bed when really I was still out with Joe. So we had a bit of a laugh about that. But uh, yeah, overall, very, very satisfied, very, very happy with the performance um, of, of myself and Joe and, and everyone. Yeah. And yourself, Joe? Delighted? Oh, it is a relief. Uh, I was a bit afraid that I might get injured or something during it. You know, to be ashamed to have a long term injury or even a short term injury. It was something that's not even a race. But I was actually uh, I was probably better than when I started. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. You know, a few days later definitely uh, all my usual aches and pains have gone I said this is great well they're back again now but yeah, apart from that <laughs> um, I, I, you know immediately after a few days after I was actually better for him yeah I think it's probably the soft ground you know and, and there's no hard surface just there was only um, a bit of road at the start and at the end that we wouldn't even call that road but um, yeah it was all soft stuff so probably way easier on the knees and legs and whole general body yeah it's amazing isn't it how that we can often feel a lot better after going for longer and distance wise and time wise over the mountains than say doing a road marathon where you could be broken for days and weeks after something like that but after a big trail run on the mountains and we can recover quite quickly yeah, sure that road running is torture. I don't know how anyone does it. Because <laughs> I was going to ask as well, um, I remember speaking to Gavin Byrne after he won the Kerryway Ultra. He ended up on Joe Duffy the next day. Um, has Joe Duffy come calling to talk to you about the Ibera Traverse yet? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, we said we'd, we, we said we'd hold off for you first. I got the exclusive, so I just have here in front of me, guys, as well, some draft rules and clarifications on the on the challenge as well. Just to go quickly through them, just for anybody that's listening, that is thinking about doing it, just to get your views and opinions on it, just in case we're missing anything or anything needs to be added. It can be run in either direction, so you can go both ways. Um, GPS is allowed because because of how tricky and dangerous it is that you know you really do need your GPS there. Support is allowed where the route um, meets Tired Road at Baddock Bima, Black Valley, Mods Gap, and what other point Windy Gap or Mangerton? Yeah, all yep. good so far. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And um, no assistance allowed when running between designated support points. Other runners may join in, but they may not pace or navigate. Tracker or some record is needed to verify. Runners must give advance notice on the trail runner page. Is that the Cork and Kerry trail runner page, guys? Correct. Yes. Okay. And it must be completed within 24 hours for it to stand. And all 40 plus summits must be crossed for the run to be counted. And I know, guys, I saw a couple of times 47 was mentioned, then 44. But is it finally 44 in total? It's 44 that are actually summited and the rest are kind of 
you can do them if you want, but <laughs> uh, you're just kind of going uh, close to them. So, but it's actually 44 is the number that's summited, yeah. According to Paddy Dillon's uh, meandering in 1992. Okay, okay. Um, well, guys, with that done now and, you know, a great achievement in the bag, what's up next for you? Um, Kevin, will you be flying back to Canada when um, the world opens back up to, to go for the double in Yukon or maybe staying locally and uh, looking to challenge in the KY Ultra first? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan is, is, to, um, is to finish the Caraway Ultra this year. Um, that's, that's September. And then, yeah, the plan is to get to get back to the Yukon in February. And I'm hoping to follow that up with another, with another race up in, the, uh, up in Swedish Lapland in the Arctic as well in, uh, in March. Wow, brilliant. And just out of curiosity, Kevin, I mean, what type of mileage are you doing training-wise to prepare for all these? And I suppose with trail running, it's probably wrong to say mileage because, you know, we're, we're climbing and we're descending. So mileage is kind of out the window. So maybe I might ask the question a different way. How many hours a week, Kevin, yeah. are you training? Um, I, suppose, I suppose, um, do you know, I suppose average, come average, average would be 12 to 15 kind of thing. And then coming up to your, your peak weeks closer to the event, you'd probably get up to 20. Um, do you know, I suppose with these, with these Yukon races, a lot of it is, you know, with these three, four, five hundred kilometer races, a lot of it's more of a more of a trek up in the Yukon. You're trekking with your sled, so you're not pounding the roads. You're you're on long treks with a backpack or maybe a set of ankle weights or something like that. Or, or sometimes I train with a with a tire as well, just to get used to that that movement of pulling the sled. Um, but yeah, so I'd say you know between between ten and fifteen hours, not normal enough week, and then uh, probably close getting up to 20 then on the peak weeks and that's that's with two two good long treks in you know yeah i mean you're talking nearly a full-time job kevin really because when you add in your recovery your stretching your you know nutrition physio you could easily get to 20 plus hours a week nearly so um it's a real passion isn't it a real dedication to your craft yeah 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 and you know then you're yeah, your mind's always on it with diet and everything, everything else. You know, with these with these international races and these cold races, there's a there's a lot of prep needs to go into them as well with getting getting your food. It's all about dehydrated food. It's not going to freeze, and there's there's a lot to think about. But uh, look, I love it. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it. So it's um it's all worth it, you know. For yourself, Joe, what's up next? Uh, I suppose uh, carry away. Uh, definitely something in start of September, probably the carry away and. Uh, there's talks then of doing the world championships in uh, adventure racing in Spain uh, start of October. So uh, hopefully go with Noel O'Leary and the gang from there for that. Yeah, uh, yeah I suppose that's it really. Um, in January then I have the Spine Challenger. So that should go ahead as well. That'll be yeah. it. Yeah, I'd like to get over there and do a bit of a recce as well just to, yeah, just don't want to have the hassle of seeing it all new for the first time in the middle of shit winter in England. And guys, for, for people that are listening in, and maybe this uh, can be the final question for today, the two years got through an incredible challenge there a couple of weeks ago, but the first people to do it for, you know, the up and coming trail runners across the country that are, that are new to the sport or even the more experienced runners. Um, what, what one kind of tip would you maybe pass on to, to help people get through 
races as we get back out racing over the next couple of weeks with the likes of Kerryway Ultra and all the other races that we mentioned earlier all the fantastic races that are down in Kerry and the different runs that you can do the fastest known times for the Ancient Warriors Trail Waterville the Reeks Glenagenti and so on what tip each guys would you say in terms of being the the best trail runner that you can be Jesus, I'm thinking hard, man. There's <laughs> yeah. uh, the one tip, like, Jesus, there's the hundreds. Um, mind your feet. I mean, definitely, is it? I see a lot of people don't mind their feet. Um, definitely mind your feet, yeah. And Do you mean during the race obviously. itself or? or like during, no, well, obviously beforehand as well, but during um, any route or any long race, especially, actually, especially if you're doing the Iverred Traverse. Um, shitload of bog there no matter even the driest day of the year there's going to be a fantastic amount of bog and it's pure stagnant stuff as well so um, I think it's often overlooked yeah but just be prepared to have wet feet for 24 hours okay um, and yourself Kevin yourself? Um, yeah it's a tough one I suppose there's loads of things but I suppose I suppose just like a, a, a awareness that it's kind of you know you're going you're going to have negative times and um just being aware aware of your thoughts and stuff like that and then pushing on through you know as ultra runners every race we have there's a negative time and and um just kind of just coming up with some some positives that'll, that'll get you through kind of thing and fo- not not to focus on the negatives when they come in just focus on moving forward keep keep moving forward and uh it's always darkest before the dawn just keep going and, and you'll get to the finish line and i think uh, there's a couple of songs about that actually you could learn them off and sing them yeah. and guys what i might throw in from just looking from afar and I think one of the key reasons for the success of what you guys did was the community, isn't it? Embrace the, the community, embrace the trail running community. And I could see it from following it on the videos on social media and from the reports that were coming in that there was a great sense of community around the challenge that you did. And we see it, of course, in all trail running races and events, but um, especially then in Kerry at the moment, it's great to see. And in all parts of the country, I think we, the three of us would say to everybody to, to always to reach out, to, to go for runs with people, to, to connect and, uh, and to enjoy the trails together. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Join, join your local club and uh, get out with people and they'll, they'll show you the fantastic scenery and landscape of Kerry and further afield. And uh, You'll be smitten for life. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, guys, thanks a million for, for sharing that experience. Um, I'm sure that there's so much more that we could have got into. And apologies if anybody was looking for more detail. But um, Kevin, we'll wait for the film, will we? We'll look forward to seeing the documentary when that's ready, where we'll get all the gory details when everything is revealed, I'm sure. I wasn't told today. But guys, a big thank you and the very best of luck with your racing and with your adventures over the coming months. Thank, thank you, Warren. Take care. And that's a wrap for this week, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the chat with the lads. And it sounds like Kerry is a great place to be for some trail running this summer. One final ask to check out our Patreon page, if you can, guys, over on patreon.com. Just so you can look us up under Trail Running Ireland podcast. We will never put up paywalls for our content. And our aim is to grow the sport of trail and mountain running in Ireland in a fun and free way for our listeners. Thank you, as always, for your support. Thank you for listening in. Good luck with your training and racing and everybody 
Get your running gear on. Let's go. Yeah.